I'd like to welcome today to the podcast Palmer's composer-in-residence, Dr. David Ashley White, who's the former director of the Moore School of Music at the University of Houston, and Dr. Brady Knapp, director of music at Palmer, who serves as associate professor, director of vocal and choral studies, and is the chair of music at the University of St. Thomas. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right, so we, uh, this Sunday here at Palmer, uh, we have a choral even song coming up that we're excited about, and uh, both having you here today to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, w- what I'd like to, to add to this is that th- this is my favorite service in the liturgy, uh, without any question. Uh, and I first learned about it and experienced it when I was visiting friends in the late 60s, early 70s who lived near Cambridge. So I got to go to Evensong at King's College with David Wilcox, was, who was an amazing musician, and George Guest at St. John's College. So that was, I had no idea how those services would affect my career, and they did. Can I give you just a little background on, on Evensong and what that service is exactly? Sure. Um, so at, at Palmer, um, I'll be celebrating my 20th year, it's hard to believe, in uh, the fall. Uh, I, I started in 1998 with Courtney Daniel Knapp, who continues to work with our children's choirs here and is just a wonderful colleague. And um, it is an honor and privilege to be here, and it's an honor and privilege to talk to David White. And the reason I give you that 1998 um, is that my first even song here was in the year of 1999. And so we have made it um, a priority and uh, really embraced that um, Anglo Catholic heritage. And I agree with David, it is uh, intellectually vigorous and spiritually nourishing. So it's a service that um, Courtney and I have made intentional here and I've continued on as director um, because it really closes the day in a beautiful way. Scripture and music and our nave is so beautiful to be in the midst of that um, as the sun goes down uh, and, and beautiful music. So I agree with David. It, I can't say it's my favorite service because I love all of the services, but it certainly is high um, uh, up on my list of uh, favorite. I think what it, one of the reasons I like it so much is there's been over the centuries such great music composed for the service. Absolutely. It's, um, and the Anglican musical tradition is, I think, unparalleled. Mm-hmm. Agreed. (laughs) So David has written um, canticles and uh, psalm settings and a setting of what we call the Fos Hilarum um, and uh, and other settings appropriate for Evensong. Of course, as our composer in residence, we're just blessed to have him uh, here and and writing hymnody and motets and anthems, um, a generous gift from a parishioner has made this possible. And now for our fourth year, and um, it's, it's wonderful to work with a contemporary composer and one that you are fond of because <laughs> you can speak quite honestly and frankly about what works and what doesn't. And it, more often than not with David, he's such a craftsman and he knows the room and he knows he has historical memory of this place. Um, it's, it's a golden success and we really appreciate that collaboration. I don't really remember many even songs prior to your coming here. I'm sure there oh, were yeah. some, but um, and I've been around Palmer since 1975, 74. Yeah, I was confirmed here in 1978 oh my goodness. by Bishop Richardson. Yeah. 
goes back a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about the music that we're, um, that's going to be in the Even Song for this Sunday? Sure, and I'll, I'll ask David to uh, pipe in. <laughs> um, but there's always, with Ang uh, Anglican Even Song here, a, a strong, for me, a connection to that great Edwardian English music. Um, and composers like David White who have embraced that tradition and uh, the psalm in particular is set by, uh, the, the setting is Miles Coverdale, uh, which is a beautiful 16th, 16th century use of, um, uh, the, the psalm settings are, are ancient and beautiful and poetic and um, this Sunday we will uh, hear 104 by Sir Walter Parrott. Um, but, Often you, you will hear David Ashley White's music set to these ancient uh, texts. Um, you're gonna hear canticles of Magnificat and Anuk Divinus, the Song of Mary and the Song of Solomon by uh, Charles Villiers Stanford, who um, is, was really the teacher of all teachers. Um, David can <laughs> relate to his craftsmanship and all, all the great yes. folks that Charles taught. I wrote a dissertation. Um, I was fortunate to work on Stanford as, a, um, as my final paper at Rice. And um, he uh, taught Herbert Howells and, and all the great um, um, English composers that we so cherish and worked very closely with Hubert Perry. Um, so we'll hear his and music. And he was a, a, Stanford was a teacher of Vaughn Williams. And Vaughn Williams, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great, that's what I'm talking about, this this amazing history of, of uh, Anglican music because everybody had to teach, take lessons, learn from somebody else, and then that go both ways, forward and backwards, and it's, a, it's an amazing history. I've said that many times about uh, David, we're getting off the track here a bit, but he's, his music for me is like Janus, the god who looks backwards and forwards. Um, uh, David is highly conscious in a, in a wonderful, thoughtful, intellectually vigorous way um, that music is connected to plain chant from the very beginning of Western um, music culture to today. And you feel that vibrancy in his music, but with no gimmick, and, and it's always genuine. Um, of David's music on Evensong, we will hear a Fos Hilron setting, and David, maybe you can talk about that. It's the second setting that you have had published when we've never done it. Well, <laughs> it, it's funny. It's the first, actually the first setting that I ever did, and it was... Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Meg, so we've well, done the second. <laughs> yeah, Meg, Meg Plate Flowers, who was the mm -hmm. church musician here for many years, uh, from the late 70s up until, I guess, the late 80s, I've forgotten those years, um, 97. It was she commissioned this for an AGO service, and it was first performed uh, across the street and down the ways a bit at First Presbyterian Church. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So we have such a great reliquary of David's um, history from the beginning of his compositional style and, and his roots as a young composer, and to now as a mature composer. And so, and we've made it a point, or at least I've tried to in my career here too. Um, to, to have that library be open to um, students and to other colleagues. And we have quite a number of inquiries uh, because David has uh, graciously gifted us with scores over the years that have been newly published. Um, so Palmer is sort of known for that too. Mature is better than old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I, you know, David won't do this, but I'd like to say that he's been published by every major uh, publishing house of sacred music, 
all the serious sacred music publishing houses in this country, E.C. Shermer, um, Sela, Augsburg, Concordia, the list goes on. You can help me continue. Paraclete. Yes, Paraclete. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal um, legacy. And again, he's actively writing. Every time we speak, I say, what are you doing, David? And he's in the middle of a, a hymn or a motet or a piece. And back to Evensong, he has a, a young student at U of H um, who, I, who I'd like for you to talk about who has set um, a motet for Eastertide, a setting of the Regina Celli, which is the Marian antiphon appropriate for this uh, time of the year. So, uh, The, the uh, student is, is actually an amazing young professional composer. Carlos Codera, he's from Venezuela. Uh, he is currently the first recipient of the Bosarge uh, Fellowship to study in Rome. He's over there for a month right now and couldn't be here to hear the piece because of that. Uh, he's, he's wonderful. Uh, also, I wanted to point out another composer on the, the, the order service here for Evensong, uh, the Walk in Love Oh, yes, by Michael by Sitton. Michael Sitton. Yeah. And, uh, Our good colleague. Michael and I learned, met each other because he's the dean of a school of music, and I In forgot Potsdam, which. Potsdam, New York. Potsdam, uh -huh. New York. Okay. We knew each other through the, uh, the, you know, the, um, uh, what is it? Um, Anglican Association of Musicians. That, not just that, but the uh, National Association of Schools of Music. Which David, is you're the, in so many associations. Which, which is the accreditation, <laughs> accrediting organization for most music schools in the country. And he and I have talked about that we were, prob were probably the only two administrators back when I was in administration who were composed, not only composers, but who were uh, sacred composers. That was... I mean, we were like we're sort of, we were sort of felt like we were the only two. Well, may I piggyback on that? And I think it's it is a, a wonderful thing to bring up because your music is so useful, and your music is being um, sung and played in uh, worship services of all denominations, yeah. and usefulness is something that attracts me. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's uh, sort of interesting <laughs> to me. I made a choice early in my composing career as a university professor that I did not want to be the typical university composer who wrote only secular music and often music that was only composed for other composers to hear at mm. new music ensemble uh, here, here. or new music events. <laughs> and, uh, and I got support from, the, from my boss at the time, mm. David Tomatz, who was the director of the school. And, uh, and I've certainly done secular music, but I've really enjoyed the sacred outlet that I've had. Yeah, I think it's important because there are many great academic um, composers whose music doesn't get played past the first yeah. performance. And sort of my model was always Stanford and Perry and Vaughn Williams who are very secular composers but also were sacred composers. The English seemed to be able to do both. You know David people ask um, in our career um, I'll get emails. I, I got one recently from a colleague in Atlanta who said, um, you know so much of David White's music because you get the opportunity to work with him in your parish. Can you give me a top 10 list? And I can't. <laughs> I mean, but there are th um, pieces that come to mind. And, and this particular colleague was asking, um, you know, what about um, the Amarillo uh, service is, is so uh, 
appeals to you intellectually and sensually, really. Yeah. And I said, well, David was an oboist. And there's always this sense of cantabile line and ring and sing in the sound that, um, you know, as I go through my stacks every summer of new music, I'll go through 300 pieces, I don't know, and end up with a handful of 30 because of craft craftsmanship not being quite um, where it really needs to be. And yours is one of those, uh, your style is always in that top 30 stack. And so I shared that with our colleague that um, a sing, well, it's important that lines sing, um, and especially for worship, because yep. we want to um, reach uh, the worshiper. Well, also, I think I, I should give you <laughs> more credit than, than I've done so far. Uh, I have a particular choral sound in my mind that I feel like brings my music to, to life. And uh, I've been fortunate not just to work with you and the, your, also your choir at St. Thomas, but the choir at school is so wonderful. And um, amazing. I've, other, other organizations that I've, that I've worked with. Uh, Dr. Weber is superb yeah. in every way. I and mean, the, that is a The Houston Chamber Choir, choir Houston is Chamber another. Choir, yeah. so, so it's just, group. it's a it's St. Paul's Choir. But I think they would all say, David, without good craftsmanship and a real heart yeah. for line, you can't do it. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> but, but I would say without a good group to sing the music, it might not come to life. <laughs> well, we are blessed and fortunate. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier about um, Evensong being such an important service for you. What would you think of the general person who's maybe coming to experience for the first time or doesn't have too much experience coming to Evensong? Something they could take away from it when they are there, things to listen to for. Well, it, it, it may be a weird thing to, to say, but um, I think a person coming in the first time should not even worry about, go with the, the spiritual effect of it mm -hmm. as opposed to anything. You don't have to be um, devoutly Christian or whatever, to I don't think, to do that. And the best example I can think of, and the most, one of the most amazing things I've experienced now twice, is the Compline service at St. Mark's Cathedral in Seattle, mm. where people who are just off the street come in, people who are not Christian at all, not they may be Jewish, the they may be Muslim, yeah. it's anything. And all of these people come, and it's just... A, it's just the most amazing experience. Uh, the, the last time I was there, they were up all over. The, it's a freestanding altar, a, a huge, rather large um, area. And they were just, I think there was somebody lying down on the communion table. I mean, it was just, it was, it was an amazing thing. So I think that this service, people should just appreciate the beautiful music, the sense of time, the sense of liturgy. Um, you don't have to be a, a, an active Christian, I don't think, to, to enjoy it. It's just, it's gorgeous and spiritually uplifting. I grew up Southern Baptist and um, am, am, am proudly an Episcopalian now, but I have many um, terrific Southern Baptist friends and Baptist friends. And there's a, a gentleman in, uh, in town, he and his wife come to Evensong. 
And he said many times, uh, Brady, I really love the service because there's no sermon and no one takes up money. <laughs> of course, there's an offering plate in the back. Um, and, it, and he also says not hostage holding. It's within an hour. But, um, you know, in our postmodern era where everybody's in a, in a rush and in a hurry, it is the opposite of that. You, you just unfold in the beauty of holiness with nothing expected of you but participation orally and sensually. Just yeah. be there. Um, I remember one of those experiences at King's College. I looked across the the choir, the the, the choral seats, and Aaron Copeland was sitting there. Oh my goodness! Wow. And he was <laughs> not a Christian. He was just there because of the aesthetic experience and, mm -hmm. and the music. And none of his music was being done oh. either, so he was just there. I always ask you. I feel like Mr. Copeland has inspired you and. In, in ways, and you always move back to Vaughn Williams and other Englishmen, but um, there's a just a wonderful craftsmanship and austerity and openness and the use of, um, there are techniques that always remind me a bit of Copeland in your writing. Neoclassicism, I should say. Right. Which is attractive. Right. Listen, I, I should um, mention as we are applauding artists, it is the greatest blessing and privilege to work with Kenneth Cowan. Uh, he yes. is really top yeah. 10 in North America. And um, you ask a reason to come to Evensong, well, he's playing. I would, <laughs> yeah. I would come here, Ken, play anything at any point. He, is, he has really, um, we've had fabulous organists for many years here. Uh, this place is known for, for that and for the Fisk, um, uh, which is, is soon to be refurbished. So if anyone's listening and is inclined to give, we are <laughs> we are taking up donations. But Ken, who is a professor of organ at Rice and um, who brings these brilliant uh, assistant uh, organists and organ scholars into our community here, um, has really uh, given me a freedom um, since his time to do music that I never imagined I would be able to do. Um, and, and that started really with Sigurd Ogard before his time. Sigurd was equally brilliant. So there, there are English settings, Anglican settings um, of the repertoire that uh, really require a different kind of organ. And um, Ken makes this organ feel and, and sound and taste and be an Anglican workhorse for the liturgy. Um, and it, it very well is in the right hands, but um, I've appreciated Sigurd and Ken and his students because we can do Perry and Stanford and right. all the great English um, composers. There, there are no pistons on this organ, which makes it a challenge, but not with Ken Cowan. <laughs> I think we ought to also mention that this particular Sunday, uh, Krista Miller, who is the, oh, yes. the musician at, at uh, the Cathedral of the Sacred Heart, Co-Cathedral, Sacred Heart downtown. She's doing the prelude. A phenomenal musicologist and um, performer. Um, and she has played this instrument, and her pedigree is just right. She always knows what to do, and that will be a treat. It starts at 440, yeah. and I hope that you can hear Dr. Miller play too. Yeah. Um, Brady, what you do is is really it's so fine. I mean, you your the the choir, the way you rehearse the choir, all everything just makes it worthwhile. Well, you're very kind. And I it. think it's people know that and people recognize the quality of the choral program here. Well, thank you, David, and you are um, a very important part of that. But we have to also recognize the singers who are ministers and give to this place every single Sunday, every even song. And also um, the clergy who support this program, and I think are very aware of, of how 
fortunate we all are. And we are fortunate to have them. They love good music and liturgy. And um, Neil Willard it really sees the synergy between the two um, in a comfortable way that has, has allowed us to be like Janus looking backwards and forwards yeah. Uh, yeah. in a, in a, in a um, uh, intent, uh, with an intent and with a spirituality that I think is called for today. Yeah, yeah. And I can say looking back at previous <laughs> rectors, uh, it's been a long tradition of the, that point. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Walker used to describe Palmer as a little jewel, and I think that's exactly right. Does this uh, specific even song have any connection to the beginning of Pentecost? Certainly, that's the theme. Um, since we we are in the season now, and Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, um, the hymnody um, Hereford is the hymn, um, um, and uh, the Walk in Love really comes off of Easter tied into Pentecost. It's a general anthem, but um, yes, we'll be nodding. The collects will be. Um, Pentecostal in nature, that's not, <laughs> I'm not saying that right, but we'll um, amplify the Feast of Pentecost. And, um, and Father Willard, who's a wonderful singer, will be our officiant. So uh, the readings are also, I think, Acts 2, 1 through 11. It, you can't get more Pentecost than that. And the next reading is also, let me see, the, the John reading, um, John 20, 19 through 23. Oh, about Evensong, we are also so enriched by readers who... Um, give of their time and talent and take seriously what they do as ministers. And Novo and Peter Gascoigne will be reading, and um, they really are two of my favorites. All of our readers are wonderful here, but um, those two will be worth the trip. Just the readings alone are, are really, the readings alone are terrific. And also, um, Jeff Bohansky and Victor Lamas and um, Stephen Kilworth, our altar party, the Christopher and Acolytes, um, Part of this beautiful sensual experience requires a team um, to make the liturgy the work of the people. And I am so thankful to be here. And the Altar Guild, of course, is <laughs> always backstage. But um, there's a reason I've remained for 20 years, and that is the servant heart that everyone in this place shares and um, outreach. So I'd like to see Evensong used um, more as an outreach tool and opportunity. Because I do think it explicates it, it sort of resonates in a way um, that we do as Palmers. It's this complicated connection to the past and to the present, but in the same time, at the same time, we're just here and being. And so, um, what invite. About, what about once a month? <laughs> That'd be great. David. That would be really, really. We'll yeah. work towards that. Fantastic. Well, thank you all so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Dustin. You. And Dustin, thank appreciate you for all the work you yeah. do with our media. Oh, yeah. my pleasure. Excellent. That's <laughs> a great idea. Thanks. Thanks.